Welcome to episode three of Zero Trust Bytes, the podcast where we explain the world of zero trust security and its applications in today's digital landscape. I'm your host, Miguel Villarreal, and today we have an exciting topic to discuss. Implementing an organizational multi-factor authentication and identity provider solutions with Microsoft Intra, Yubico, and Key Factor. That's right. All right. So to help us dive into this topic, everyone, we have with us today the one, the only, also known as Kamel Kolodeske, a zero trust expert <laughs> with extensive experience in implementing MFA solutions. And I can back it up because he works for us here at Villatech. Welcome, Kamil. Thank you, thank you, Miguel. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm glad to be here for yet another episode of Zero Trust Bites. Bites. Yes, episode three. So we have a major topic today to discuss multi-factor authentication and actually phishing resistant multi-factor authentication Ooh. with Ubico using Microsoft Entra ID as the identity provider. And we have key factor as the public key infrastructure solution that we will use for the certificate based access on our devices. Wow. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I've seen three different solutions yeah. for episode three. There you go. And that's a lot to unpack. That's right. So I'm excited to hear more about this, Kamel. Viewers, I hope you're excited. Podcast listeners, I hope you're excited because we got a podcast that's off the ground. Right, John? <laughs> John that's right. <laughs> John is like the most exciting person in yeah. the world. We, we love him. But before we get into the nitty gritty details, let's give a shout out to our giveaway audience. Come on now. So let's talk about that coin. You guys ready to make some coin? I don't think they're still not ready. I don't know. I don't see anyone making comments. They're not asking for the coin. You guys don't want this. I get it. It's it's when we have when we have three thousand views. Right. Then they're gonna ask for then the coin. Then it'll be a rare item. It's too late now. <laughs> it'll be too late then, right? Yeah, it'll be all gone. Yeah, you guys, you'll be begging and asking for it. But until then, hey, you know what? I think the idea of icing it out, putting it on a chain. When they see that, then the hip hop audience will be like, what? Zero trust bites. We got to join Put that. Put some ice know? on that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have the wonderful wallet as well. This oh, is a hide yeah. item as well. Really like the dual feature opening here. Man, that is great. Yeah. Nice. It's it's real leather. I, I, I think uh, it, I may be coach. Coach, oh. yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. All right, I should grab a couple more for me. <laughs> All right, great. Let's start this discussing this important topic about multi-factor authentication in an organization. Every there's a lot of people that are saying, "Ah, oh, man, this is boring." MFA. Everybody knows about multi-factor authentication. Sure. Uh, last I read, there was an organization that didn't have. MFA enabled or multi-factor authentication enabled. Oh man! And they got hacked. Um, so it's something that we got to continue to nail in the cybersecurity industry. It's something that we got to continue to push. Oh yeah! And I'm gonna work really hard to keep the eye on the audience as well, right? <laughs> so I know there's camera one that I need to be looking at, but I'll I'll do my best to 
to remember, but we, we are talking to each other too. So yeah, absolutely. I, I gotta remember that Kamel's in the house. <laughs> so what do you think, Kamel? About multi-factor authentication? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal, right? It's probably one of the simplest things that you can enable, and yet somehow it's the biggest one that's missed. Mm -hmm. So multi-factor multi authentication adds an extra layer of security by requiring users to provide multiple forms of identification before allowing access to your sensitive information. This significantly reduces the risk an, of unauthorized access, even if a password is compromised. So just remember that. We all know that mm -hmm. everyone's got a username, a password to log into your account, whatever that may be. But adding an extra layer just reduces the risk of your account being compromised. So by combining something the user knows, like a password, and then something they have, like a Yubico key or a FIDO2 key or a universal second factor, um, that's something that they have. And then something that they are. Mm. That, I think, is kind of a missed layer there because they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean something that you have? Well, think about like biometric. Your eye, your fingerprint, a hand gesture. That's something that you are. That's mm. unique to you as a person. Good, yeah. So it's very hard to mimic that unless, you know, we do some kind of crazy Mission Impossible stuff where, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we get your fingerprint or something like that. That's some next level stuff. Um, but yeah, so those those MFA measures um, only increase your ability to uh, reduce the risk of unauthorized access for critical resources. Mm. Yeah, that's a great real world example. You want to have multiple layers. We talked about last episode of having these multiple layers or micro firewalls where the firewall functionality was moving out closer to the resources, right? Yeah. That's a great example, Kamel, of um, talking about phishing resistant multi-factor authentication, right? Right. So you're, you're not just having the challenge where it's a password. You're not also having a challenge where it is a pin. Mm-hmm. You also now have some type of, you know, resource that you carry. So, you know, or you talked about like a fingerprint or an eye, right. iris scan or something like that. And, you know, that was something that we heard in Mission Impossible. Now in corporate America or large enterprises or enterprises that actually want to implement high level security. Mm -hmm. Biometric is um, one of the main things that you need to start to incorporate. Yeah. And, and, and as technology is miniaturizing we can do a lot of that in little fobs mm -hmm. or we have uh, laptops that actually have cameras for a reason yeah and they're not only just to be blocked right 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 so sometimes we need to unblock that camera yeah that's right use it for the right time <laughs> you know you know let's look at that pretty face <laughs> pretty. okay so kamel walk me through a little bit on how does it enhance the security of multi-factor authentication, this the, the whole phishing-resistant uh, multi-factor authentication, because phishing-resistant doesn't mean about fishes, and it's not talking about you re resisting fishes, but phishing, yes. the, the, the art of hacking. Yes, right? yes. So phishing-resistant MFA is designed to protect against phishing attacks. As you said, it's not about phishing or anything like that. It's um, trying to uh, inhibit the unauthorized access. Mm -hmm. So yes, we have the passwords or traditional styles of accessing your resources, but how do we add that extra layer? And it's by, you know, with either multi-factor authentication authenticator app, like Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator, 
or take it to the next level and add yet another extra layer, which now we're at two layers, a key, a hardware token, mm. an OTP, which is one-time password token. Okay. Those types of layers are just increasingly making it harder for an attacker to attack your resource. Yes. So phishing resistant MFA additional security measures are implemented to verify the authentic authenticity of the login process. This mm. can include techniques such as push notifications, biometric authentications, which we already mentioned, fingerprint, your retina scan, Windows hello, which is your facial feature, um, or hardware token. <laughs> yeah, the big smile. Well, it depends on how it captured your face the first time, right? You don't want to be wearing sunglasses because then it won't recognize you. <laughs> Uh, but then there's also a uh, biometric, which you already mentioned. And then um, this, of course, makes it much more difficult for attackers to impersonate legitimate users. Excellent, Kamal. Excellent. Great analogy of breaking down phishing, phishing resistant, multi-factor authentication. Now let's focus on Microsoft Enter ID and the identity provider. And then you're hearing, we, we talked about PDP. This is IDP. Oh, you know me. <laughs> IDP. Yeah, you know me. PDP. Okay. So <laughs> that's that so so IDP basically is the identity provider that Microsoft Intra has. Can you explain to the viewers and to us today? Certainly. What is IDP and how does Microsoft Intra fit into the multi-factor authentication landscape? So the audience can hear a little bit more about that. Certainly, absolutely. So first of all, um, as you may have known, and for some that you don't know, uh, Entra ID is actually the new name for what used to be Azure Active Directory. Now it's called Microsoft Entra ID. So just want to clear that up because I think there's still some confusion as, I have Active Directory. What are you guys talking about Entra ID? They just went through a name change. Mm -hmm. So I just want to clear that up for the audience members out there. And if you know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you're not belittling them, yeah, but exactly. this is for the ones that don't, yeah. that don't know. Exactly. So uh, Microsoft Enter ID is an identity provider service that manages and verifies user identities and authentication purposes. Uh, it's a robust IDP identity provider solution that integrates seamlessly with Microsoft's suite of products and services. It provides a secure and user-friendly platform for implementing multi-factor authentication, mm -hmm. allowing organizations to leverage Microsoft's extensive security features and authentica authentication methods. Okay. So that, that, that's, that's really good, Kamel, that you kind of uh, broke that down. But, you know, there's a little bit more I think you have going on here. To, to, you know, I'm, what's, walk us through a little bit about PKI. Yeah, PKI, so public key infrastructure. We just went through a pretty extensive testing in the lab for PKI with KeyFactor, mm -hmm. and it's taken that authentication of multi-factor authentication to yet the next level. Okay. So you want to think about not so good being the username and password. That's very, very weak. What's the next step? Oh, maybe there's good, right? So good is... You have password, user credentials, and a multi-factor authentication push notification. Mm -hmm. Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator. Great. What's the next thing? Well, we have what's maybe better. That's probably doing a hardware token, FIDO2, Ubico key, something we're going to show today as well. Okay. Um, but how can we get to the best solution? the yeah. highest security solution. Okay. And that's certificate-based authentication. Mm -hmm. That's where 
a public infrastructure PKI with key factor comes into play mm -hmm. because managing certificates is very difficult. So you want to be able to manage those certificates and scale at large by incorporating certificate authority into your um, into your keys. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to show a demo of this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We do have a great demo. Um, I'm going to be walking through an example of a user authenticating to um, uh, accessing an Azure portal mm -hmm. where we'll have to um, have our passwordless deployment using a certificate-based authentication, Yubico key, um, and I'll walk you through how Structura can help automate all those configurations. Right, because we have massive deployments of this and certificate-based server or CAs out there that you know you have to do this for thousands of users. The goal here is automation and orchestrating that, right? Yes. So our goal is to to turn that into code. And we're calling policy as code, right? Or yes. security as code. So our goal is to take all of these different functions and all of these different behaviors that we're learning, and rather than clicking here and clicking there, we're, we're trying to market this to a large-scale audience where yeah. they have large environments and they need to do this more in an automated format. So that's where Structura does come in. Yes. And Structura will take a lot of these functionalities that you actually have that you can do pointing and clicking or REST API or some kind of Python script or something. But mm -hmm. we're trying to do this in a single pane of glass, right? Yes. And yes. we're trying to give them visuals on how they do that. So Kamel, you want to take it away? Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to the demo and I'll show you guys how we do this in our demonstration. Kamel, that was a great demo again. Let's discuss the, the benefits of uh, and challenges of implementing multi-factor authentication with Microsoft Enter ID. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the benefits, of course, of implementing multi-factor authentication with Microsoft Enter ID are numerous. Tons of, tons of definitely benefits with, with using uh, an identity provider that's very well known, like Microsoft Enter ID, mm -hmm. and a multi-factor authentication such as Ubiquil. Firstly, it provides a seamless integration with Microsoft's ecosystem, okay, making it easier for organizations already using Microsoft products to mm -hmm. adopt multi-factor authentication. Secondly, Microsoft Enter ID offers a wide range of authentication methods, which we've gone through a couple of those examples already, mm -hmm. which include push notifications, biometrics, and hardware tokens, and it gives organizations the flexibility to choose the most suitable option for their users, because let's just remember not every organization is the same no maybe they won't allow an authenticator right maybe they won't allow some kind of hardware token right. we're going to have to have something different it's unique to their organization their use case mm -hmm. so however there are numerous benefits there are challenges that may arise during the initial setup mm. okay and user onboarding process which i've seen in a lot of organizations okay as organizations need to ensure smooth transition and provide adequate training and support their employees during that process. Um, it takes a lot of time to train your employees. It takes a lot of time for them to go through that process. Right. So it's like, guys, how can we mitigate that? And that's a very easy solution, conditional-based access. Conditional-based access. Right, we can implement policies that enforce users to build that multi-factor authentication configuration from the get-go, mm -hmm. right? So. You're not able. You're not going to be able to log in to wherever you're trying to log in. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I'll create a user for you mm -hmm. for the first time, the initial login setup. Yeah. You're going to try to log in. You're like, oh, great. I finally got hired by this company. Let's do it. I can log in. No, 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 no. It'll tell you, stop right there. You need to set up an authenticator so you can have at least one form of multi-factor authentication. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So I would say that um, a lot of benefits um, incorporate multi-factor authentication. But um, also, when you face challenges, remember there are ways to go about it. It's not just a, oh, this is going to be a very big challenge for us for our organization if we have, say, 10,000, 50,000 users. Mm. And just remember that automation is available. It's there to help you out. Exactly. That's really good. Amazing. Kamel, thank you for joining us today, our podcast video users. Thank you for our podcast listeners. Thank you for our Patreons. No, we don't have any. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I, I'm just going it all. I'm, not, I'm acting like we are. We got it. We got thousands of people, and you know, we're gonna have the YouTube video with the silver plaque. It's all gonna be there. That's you right. guys will get to see it. Yeah. We're gonna be. We're gonna be hot. But until then, uh, I, I, I'm faking it right now. But um, thank you to our listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode. As you heard. Stay tuned for exciting discussions that Kamel and I and other viewers, uh, um, other guests that we're going to have yeah, yeah. coming on, on board. But right now, I think, you know, we got 152 activities that we're trying to demonstrate to yes. show the world and the government agency that we can automate, orchestrate and make life easy for them so yes. they don't have to look for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of engineers yeah the other part is um artificial intelligence mm -hmm. i think we need to make sure that we do like i know that's not one of the activities they do talk about artificial intelligence in yeah. the activities but not at target level mm -hmm. that's more at um advanced level advanced yeah is where they start i want to make sure that we put something in there really nice with automation where they start mm. using artificial mm. intelligence and natural language processing. This sounds like a challenge. I think so. I know <laughs> that we don't have it in hmm. our activities, but I want them to see something. Okay, okay. Order. We're going to automate this. So, Kamel, thank you for uh, the demo. Thank you for everything that uh, we're doing here. Thank you for our team, John, Jose, uh, Jocelyn. Mm -hmm. Thank you for everything you guys are doing to keep this uh, going. We still got a whole bunch more. and. What, what do you want to tell the, the viewers as the, your closing remarks? Yeah, so, I mean, before we wrap up, I do have some final thoughts and recommendations for our listeners. Um, implementing MFA, of course, is a crucial step towards enhancing the security posture of any organization. Mm -hmm. It's important to choose a robust identity provider like Microsoft Entry ID and educate employees about the importance of multi-factor authentication and how to recognize and avoid phishing attacks. I think that's very important because... You can implement all these policies, all these strategies, but what does any of that matter if you don't even know what the heck is going on? I mean, we're in this tech field. We're in this industry. We yeah. understand the technology behind that's going on. Right. But what if you have somebody from marketing or from sales who has absolutely no idea what the heck we're even talking about? Right. But we need to secure them. We need to make sure that they're yeah. secure as well. Yeah. Security awareness training is a very important thing. Really good. Yep. So... In, order, in addition to that, regularly reviewing and updating multi-factor authentication policies and configurations is also essential to stay ahead of evolving threats because mm -hmm. let's just, I think, both agree that 
something that's today that we think it's secure is not going to be secure tomorrow. Yeah. I, I think we're, we're kind of in a, a spot where we're always trying to play catch up with our attackers, which is unfortunate. But I think we'll get to a spot where we'll eventually become better than them. Yeah, that's our prayer. Yeah. Our prayer. But I think it, it's also a mindset. So the, the mindset basically is zero trust. Yeah. We're never secure. We're always challenging, questioning, protect the resource at all costs. Yep. That's the, the oil, that's the gold, that's the diamond, whatever yep. you want to call it. But always, um, that's where artificial intelligence is going to play a really big part. I, I think, think so. I, yeah. I, think, I think humans, there's just so much that we can do. And I don't think that the energy level, I don't think the, the capability of us constantly looking. I mean, we need to take subject matter experts minds mm-hmm. and we need to put it into into the the models yeah an, a large language model that's specifically for SOC. yeah we need large language models that are specifically for red team for a blue team for purple team and i mean this is great microsoft and uh, google and aws i gave you a great idea make sure if you guys <laughs> go with this our viewers will let us know that you guys launched one of our ideas and I will send you a P, uh, an invoice. I always say P.O. <laughs> <laughs> we need an invoice. We want an invoice. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to see these models, but they're going to be derived and controlled and initiated and implemented by artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence is going to actually do the job, do the work, and yeah. the humans are just going to be there for verification and um, maybe final gate of control. Right. Where the change control, they're the ones that are approving or disapproving. We don't want machines making decisions. on sure, their own. sure. Humans need to be involved in that entire workflow. But that's what I see coming. Yeah. Still be the policy administrator in that policy decision point. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. But still, human, a human is a human. Right? Yeah. We still need a change advisory board. Right. Just to make sure that what is that machine doing? <laughs> what are they changing over there? They're talking to themselves. They built another language. It's not called SQL. It's not called KQL. It's called JQL. What the heck is that? Yeah. I don't know. And, They're talking to each other. And now we're locked out. <laughs> security. 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 Yeah, totally agree. Okay. Um, but um, very valid point because um, that's something that in the generative AI world that I'm seeing a lot is being able to teach and learn and train using data sets. Right? So if you can do a custom set of data sets to teach something about, right, on a specific task, I think your outcome would be much more concise and defined and able to get the outcome that you want. Good. Let's wrap this up, Kamel. Thank you for everything. Thank you, viewers, for joining once again. Uh, Kamel, you got any last words? Yes, I do. Remember, in the world of cybersecurity, trust no one and embrace zero trust. Until next time, stay secure. Stay secure. Zero trust. <laughs> <laughs>